Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headaches. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold distress. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. And now, attention class, listen closely to today's first question. Why would Pennsylvania and Protactinium remind you of the third Sunday in June? Well, there's something for you to mull over, friends. See if you can come up with the answer while we have roll call here in our classroom. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Well, friends, we're certainly happy to have you attend school this afternoon, and we know you're going to enjoy the keen competitive spirit of this question session, for it's to be Quiz Kids versus Quiz Kids Fathers. Yes, on this Father's Day, the four young members of our Quiz Kids board are here to battle it out with Dad. These are the same youngsters who faced their mothers here in class just a little over a month ago on Mother's Day. On that occasion, the mothers won. Now we're going to find out once and for all which really are the smartest Quiz kids, their mothers, or their fathers. Right at this point, the dads are looking pretty confident. But quiz kids, even though you lost to your mothers, don't you children worry. If the going gets too tough, I'll even help you out myself. Yes, sir. If necessary, I'll have someone take my uh, teacher's desk over here and uh, get in there and fight on your side. You betcha. We'll show Dad a thing or two this afternoon. (laughs) Maybe three or four, you never can tell. Right now, let's have roll call and get started. Joel? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 12 years old in departmental and Volta school. Joel's father? Joel Kupperman, structural engineer. Mike? I'm Mike Mullen. I'm, I'm 10 years old and in the fifth grade at the University of Chicago Laboratory School. Mike's father? I'm Joe Mullen. I'm a teacher, the father of Mike and Mark, and the husband of Alma. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Patrick. I am Patrick Owen Conlon. I am 11 years old and in sixth grade, Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. And little Pat's father. Patrick Conlon, lawyer. Father of Patrick, Seal, and Deirdre. <laughs> Naomi. I'm Naomi Cooks. I'm 10 years old and in the sixth grade of the Grover Cleveland School, Chicago. And Naomi's papa. I'm Julius Cooks, employed by Armour and Company, and the father of Naomi and George. And now let's see which of our two boards has the answer to that first question from Grace M. Bowers, East Aurora, New York. Why would Pennsylvania and Protactinium remind you of the third Sunday in June? Let's see, we have two, four hands up, and little Pat's hand was first. All right, Patty. Well, uh, Pennsylvania, is, uh, the uh, abbreviation is P-A, and Protactinium, the symbol is P-A, so there will be P, uh, Pa, and so will be Father's Day. That's right. Put them all together. They spell Pa, Pa. Ha, ha. Well, what do you know about that? Well, that question seemed to be pretty easy for you. Your answer was absolutely right. And that means Grace M. Bowers of East Aurora, New York, wins a fine Zenith Transoceanic portable radio, the most outstanding in its field today. That's Alka-Seltzer's reward to every listener who sends us a question which is used on our program. If your question is answered correctly, you get your fine Zenith Transoceanic Standard Shortwave Portable Radio in a good-looking luggage case. If it's a miss, the reward is the big Zenith Radio Phonograph Combination. 
This has the automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, two FM bands, and it's a real beauty. You'll be exceptionally proud of either Zenith Radio, so send those questions along, folks. Send them to Quiz Kids Chicago. Well, here we go with more questions. Carl R. Canterbury of Moline, Illinois, points out that fathers have sometimes given their children good advice in the form of poetry. Can you quote the poetic advice each of these fathers gave? What advice did Polonius give his son Laertes? Naomi. This above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. That a girl, that's fine. What advice did Kipling give his son in the poem, If? Julius? If you keep your head... If... What? Uh, if you keep your head when others lose, are losing it... Uh, if... Now, I, uh, you started out there all right. Let's see, we've got two quiz kids' hands up. Uh, Joe? If you can keep your head when all but you are losing theirs and blaming on you, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or uh, being lied about, don't give way... Don't, if being lied about, don't uh, deal nice, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk to wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to see, hear the truth you've spoken, twist it by nature to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you've given your life to broken, yeah. and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, I... And uh, uh, and still uh, hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. Yeah. If you can yeah. talk with crowds... Uh, the name of that was Bob If. Now. Yeah. All right, thanks, Joel. That uh, wasn't exactly the short version, but... Uh, I that was all right, yes, sir. Now, now that uh, you've heard the advice poets of the past have given their children, you fathers are going to have a chance to do the same thing. At the suggestion of Lillian Curtis of Washington, D.C., you are to write a verse on what you consider to be good advice for the younger generation, and we'll ask you to read it later in the program. Now, this assignment is for fathers only, and we'll pass out uh, paper and pencils to you, Dad, so you can get busy while we go along for more questions. Well, on this next one, you'll have to tune up your vocal cords, fathers and children, for this question from Mrs. E.J. Fleming of Andalusia, Pennsylvania. She wants you to think of songs that mention a nickname for father. All right, who wants to start it off? Little Pat. Well, I was thinking there was, uh, there was uh, some, uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. Yes. Ah. All around the chicken coop, the possum takes the weasel. That's the way the money goes, Pop. The that's right, Pop. Yep, that's a nickname for father. And uh, little Naomi has her hand up. I want a girl just like the girl that married dear old dad. That's a good one. Yes, sure Married dear old dad. That's a nickname for father. And Joel has one, I think. Dad's a fashion root. Fear dad's a fashion root. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're certainly in there rooting for dad, all right, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well... All right, fine. Uh, before we tackle this next question, here's Bob Murphy. 
And friends, I've been doing a little figuring. If you're starting that two weeks vacation this weekend, you get the extra bonus of the 4th of July weekend, and uh, you don't have to get back to work until Tuesday, July 6th. Of course, you probably had that all thought out away ahead of me. But say, if you are starting that vacation, how about a little checking up? If you're taking a trip in the car, remember, your plans are not complete if you've left out Alka-Seltzer. Why, you don't know how important Alka-Seltzer can be on that vacation. True, maybe you won't need it at all, but then again, maybe you will. Suppose, for instance, someone gets a headache or an acid stomach upset. Suppose you get tense and tired from muscular fatigue caused by all that driving. And suppose you're a long, long way from a drugstore. Well, all you need to do is reach for that package of Alka-Seltzer and help yourself to welcome fast relief. Before you start on that vacation trip, go to your druggist and buy two packages of Alka-Seltzer. Keep one at home as usual and take the other with you wherever you go. Yes, an extra package in the car can act just like a spare. You may not need to use it, but it's wise to have it there. Now, uh, when we had our board of mothers here on the program on Mother's Day, the only question that stumped the mothers was uh, one on the original meaning of Latin expressions that we use in everyday conversation. Now then, uh, William Boyd Caldwell of Lynchburg, Virginia, wants to see if you fathers can do any better on the same type of question. What is the literal translation of these Latin expressions? The first one, habeas corpus. Big Pat. You may have the body. Well, uh, now, uh, I'm going to hold you right down to the exact uh, meaning of those words. Uh, you're very close, uh, Pat. Let's see, we had another hand up there, uh, uh, Julius. Mr. Cooks? Uh, bring back the body. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting away from the body uh, on, uh, with an answer like that. Would you like to try again on this big path? Habeas corpus, the literal translation. What does habeas mean? It's uh, one form of the verb bahabio, meaning uh, to have. Well, if I have the body, or you, I think it's... Uh, what? What do you think? You have the body. You have the body. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. You have the body. <laughs> All right. Now, the literal translation on uh, et cetera. Big pat again. I'll take my hand down. You take your hand down. All right. Uh, let's see. Naomi... And so forth. Oh, honey, you're close. Literal translation, et cetera. Uh, let's see if we can work this out. Et means what? Joe? Et means and. I think and. it's and, uh, and the like. No, uh, you're right on et. Uh, what does cetera mean, uh, Mr. Mullen? And also. No, not exactly. Uh, big Pat. And following. No, little Pat. And more? <laughs> well, you're, the, you're very close. Uh, do we give up on this? Et, cetera. Et means and. Going, going, gone. Cetera means other things, so it would be and other things. That is the literal translation. Well, say, that was a miss. Uh-huh. And that means that William Boyd Caldwell of Lynchburg, uh, Virginia, wins a big Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. And if I recall correctly, 
you, the fathers and the mothers are even on that score there. <laughs> Mrs. Mary Kennedy of New Orleans, Louisiana, got the idea for this question when she heard that both Joel and his dad, Mr. Copperman, were going to be on our program today. She recalls that several weeks ago, Joel won a race in addition in competition with a Chinese abacus and an adding machine, and before that, he beat some college professors. Today, she would like to have Joel compete with what probably will be the toughest competition he'll ever face his own father. <laughs> now, I'll give you two math experts eight two-digit numbers in rapid succession. As soon as you have added them, call out your totals. Okay, let's see who is faster, father or son. Here we go. 77, 84, 18, 62, 43, 59, 67, and the last number is 36. Total. It's much too fast. Yeah, you didn't keep They're up with it. It's too fast. Oh, a little too, much fast, too fast, huh? Well, I'll tell you. Maybe I did go a bit too fast that time. Uh, let's try it again with different numbers. And I won't give them quite so fast this time, but uh, almost. All right. I'll listen closely. Here we go. 27, 94, 68, 39, 45, 16, 81, and the last number, 53. 423. Huh? 423, both right on the nose, father and son. How do you like that? It's a tie. Yes, sirree. Father and son right on the nose. 423 was the total, and so we're going to have to call the tie. Uh, Big Pat has something we to say. We claim a winner there. We protest that because Joel had, didn't call, put his hand up and Saul had his you hand don't up. Have, you didn't have, I didn't say that you had to put point. your hand up. No, sirree. I said you call out the total, and Joel heard me, and so did Mr. Copperman. So we're going to call that a tie. Now we never know, uh, we'll know who is the quickest, will we? <laughs> All right, here we go with the next question. Mrs. Bertha Leonard of Auburn, Washington, sends in a series of three important dates on which noteworthy events took place. Now I'm going to give you the first two dates, and you are to think of a third date on which the next similar event occurred to complete the series. The first two dates are April 25th, 1898, and April 6th. 1917. What is the next date on which a similar event took place? Joel. I don't know the exact. Uh, I believe it was September 2nd. Uh, well, with Germany, it was September 2nd, uh, 1945, I believe it was. Those are the dates of the uh, endings of our last two wars. Well, uh, that uh, doesn't answer the question that I've posed here. Uh, little Pat. Well, wasn't that the date of the beginnings of the, uh, of the last two? The Spanish-American, I think it was, and also the World War One. The, uh, the, well, now, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Saul? December the 7th, 1942. Well, why do you say December 7th? Well, uh, that was the day after Pearl Harbor, and I uh, think we declared war. No, I think you find, uh, wait a minute, uh, we have two kids' hands up. Uh, Joel? Well, I, the December 7th, uh, 1941, was the attack on... Pearl Harbor. I that believe the war resolution passed Congress, though, the next day, December the, the 8th. December the 8th, and... Uh, 1941. So how does that work in with the other two well, dates? Well, uh, those are our last three wars, and those are the beginnings of all of them. That's right. April 25th, 1898, the United States declared war on Spain. April 6th, 1917, U.S. Uh, declared war on Germany and other central powers. And December 8th, 1941, the United States declared war on Japan. All right, fine. 
Now, uh, let's see what we can do with this next part. The first two dates are May 14th, 1937, and February 9th, 1940. What is the next date on which a similar event took place? Uh, little Pat. Well, <laughs> I should know this. I'd be blushing if I didn't. Oh. Uh, May 14th, 1937 was my birthday, and then uh, February the 9th, 1940 was Seal's birthday, and be September the 16th, 1946 was uh, Deirdre's birthday. That's right, uh-huh. And Maybe. look at your father's face over here. <laughs> Is he blushing? <laughs> well, that's all right. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Since the Republican and Democratic National Conventions will soon be held at Philadelphia, Mrs. Robert Hogan of River Forest, Illinois, wants Howard Peterson to play songs that suggest cities where conventions have been held in the past. You are to name a candidate who was nominated there. All right, Howard. Big Pat. Name of the piece is Chicago. Chicago. And that's uh, several conventions held in Chicago. Oh, Franklin yes. Delano Roosevelt was uh, nominated here. Yes. That's all you have to name, you know. Right. You going to stop there? You want to name two, huh? <laughs> all right, Joel has what Wasn't I... Wasn't Teddy Roosevelt nominated here? That's right, back in 1904, huh? Now then, Howard, let's have the next one. All right, uh, any hands? Uh, uh, Sal Copperman. Well, that's St. Louis, but I can't think of who was nominated here. Well, that's, uh, what, what is the uh, full title of that uh, tune? St. Meet Louis, me uh, in St. Louis. Meet Louis. me in St. Louis. Louis. Uh-huh, all right. And uh, you can't think of anyone that was uh, uh, nominated uh, in St. Louis? Uh, how about both boards? No hands up. We got the title of the song. We've got the locale. St. Louis is a city. So, uh, Joel? Well, I don't know, but I imagine it was a Democrat and past 1900 because it's a Democrat stronghold. And uh, uh, it, uh, since it's a western city, it would have to be 1900. So I'll say uh, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, right? Yes, sir. All right, uh, let's see now. The uh, judges have handed me the scores up till now. At this point, the dads have uh, 45 points. The quiz kids, 90 points. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> I, uh, I guess I don't have to help you quiz kids out. You're doing fine. Yes, sir, you're doing... Uh, big pass. Oh, that's mighty nice of you to be willing to help the quiz kids, but don't you think that we need your help more than they do? After all, you're a dad yourself. Well, uh... Why don't you come over to our board? Well, I'll tell you, come to think of it, uh, that does sound like the right thing to do. We dads have to stick together. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. And I'll just ask my son, Joe Jr., to take over the teacher's desk. He came down to visit me on Father's Day, so I brought him along to school. This way we can just, you know, sort of keep things in the family. And here he is, Joe Kelly Jr. Uh, Joseph, my boy, here are the rest of the questions. So you go right ahead. Well, thanks a lot, Dad, but really I won't need those questions because the judges have just handed me some brand new ones that you haven't seen, so we want to keep this... Oh, 
Uh, we want to keep this fair and square, so I'll use these. Well, now, uh, now, wait a minute here. Uh, what am I getting into? Uh, look, we'll just forget the whole thing, Joey. Oh, no, 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 we won't. We're going to see this through. You get over there with the quiz kids, or rather with the fathers, and I'll take a moment to look over these questions while Bob Murphy takes over. All right, Joe. Well, this is one day of the year, Father's Day, when dads are on their best behavior. But uh, what about the other 364 days? Are there ever times when little son Jimmy can say, Mom, Dad's not fair. He broke his promise to me. Why, Jimmy, that's no way to talk about your father. You know, he never breaks a promise. But he did. He did this time. He said he wouldn't. Now he says he won't. And, oh, gee, Mom, he did promise me. Now, wait a minute, Jimmy. Suppose you calm down and tell me what this is all about. What did your father promise to do? He promised to take me to the baseball game. That's what. And now he says he won't. That's breaking a promise. Well, your father must have some very good reason, Jimmy. Didn't he tell you why he couldn't take you to the game? Oh, well, yes. He says he has a headache. But that's no reason. Oh, yes, it is, Jimmy. But, well, I think we can do something about it. You mean you can make him change his mind, Mom? Can you really? Well, I can't. But Alka-Seltzer can. I'll fix the glass for him right away and you can take it in to him. How's that? That's just the thing, Mother, and it goes without saying, Jimmy will see his ball game, for Alka-Seltzer will have Dad feeling ship-shape and in record time, too. Yes, Alka-Seltzer's really fast, really effective when it comes to headache relief, friends. Its pain-relieving ingredient is already dissolved when you drink it, so Alka-Seltzer's right ready to go to work on your discomfort, ready to bring you welcome relief from pain. So depend on Alka-Seltzer when a miserable headache threatens to interfere with your plan. Just remember, misery can be brief when you take Alka-Seltzer for relief. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore. Okay, Bob Merck, and I'm all set over here. And say, Dad, are you ready to give the dad your best? Well, I'll, uh, look, I'll go uh, take it easy. Uh, never mind about me. You get busy on those questions, son. Well, I'll do that, uh, just uh, as soon as I find my questions over here. Uh... <laughs> I'd like to call for the poems right about now, and Dad, uh, we'd like to hear from you first of all. Well, well listen, I haven't written a poem. Uh, that was an assignment for the fathers on the board. Well, I know, but you're a father too, so what the heck? It's just the same difference, I think. Oh, oh, I well, I know, but I haven't had much time. Uh, see. Well, the other fathers haven't had much time either, Dad. So just do the best you can, and I'll call on the others in the meantime. So, Mr. Conlon, you're sitting over there first. Uh, will you read your poem, please? This is a terrible attempt at poetry, but I, it means something. Nevertheless, roses are red, violets are blue. Be always faithful, honest, and true. <laughs> well, that's fine, Mr. Conlon. <laughs> and right on Mr. Conlon's right is Mr. Kupperman. Mr. Kupperman? Well, this is not good poetry. It might be good advice. There is no better advice than this. Be true to yourself. Set your own standard might not make life a bliss, but living with yourself won't be so hard. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mr. Kupperman. And now Mr. Cook's over there, sir. Well, this is not so good either. <laughs> <laughs> be kind and true whenever you can, and you will never have to feel sad and blue. <laughs> well, sorry. And uh, Mr. Mullen, you all set, sir? Uh, since my advice has to be in verse, I only hope it doesn't make you worse. If you will but exercise your funny bone, you won't need me when you're on your own. (laughs) 
Well, that takes care of the rest of fathers and dad. How you doing over there? Well, let's see now. <laughs> I'm sorry. There, I got it all set here. This is a tough job. I worked hard on this, too, here. <laughs> didn't give me much time. I, uh, advice to the younger generation. <clears throat> you sure you want me to read this now? Huh? Right now. I've wished and I've wondered, I've thought and I've pondered for advice to all youngsters most essential. No more wishing and wondering, no more thinking and pondering, because, thank goodness, I just broke my pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that does us up for the poems this time. Getting back to the questions now. Marie Rosner of Buffalo, New York, hopes to trip you up with this tricky quickie. If the Irish nightingale told you that the Swedish nightingale used to sing about the Virginia nightingale... Who would have told you that who sang about what? That? Well, the Swedish nightingale was Denny Lind. That's right. And uh, I am afraid those other two got me stumped. Well, we have the Irish nightingale and yes, the, and the Virginia, Virginia nightingale. Uh, Mr. Kelly, sir? <laughs> Why, uh, on the Irish nightingale, let's see, about uh, 40 years ago... Oh, wait a minute, what am I saying? Uh, <laughs> several years ago, when I was a little boy... Um, uh, I was a boy soprano with a stock company and sang in between acts, and they called me Master Joe Kelly, the Irish Nightingale. So, uh, could that... That's the exact answer I have right down here in the card. So, the Irish Joe, Nightingale. Joe Kelly was singing about... Uh, what did Pat say? Well, Pat said Jenny Lynn was the Swedish Nightingale, right. and uh, Mike over there has his hand uh, up. Well, what was the other one? The Virginia Nightingale is the same as the Cardinal, isn't it? That's exactly right, Mike. The Virginia Nightingale is another name for Cardinal Bird. So, uh, who would have told you that who sang about what? That's well, when we Joe, get... Joe Kelly would have told me that uh, Jenny Lynn sang about the Cardinal. That's right. That's the exact answer we wanted. <laughs> well, seeing now that we have two competing boards here today, Miss Catherine Egler of Chicago thinks it would be a swell time to have a relay race. And since you're all sports fans, you are to name sports and games in which a ball is used. Now, I know it sounds easy, but it'll get hard before very long because I'll call first in one team and then the other. And until one side fails to name one in five seconds. You all set? Okay, let's go. The games in which a ball is used. Uh, Mr. Kupperman? Soccer. Soccer, that's right. Joel? Polo. Polo. Mr. Cooks? Football. Football, right. Pat Mullen? Baseball. Baseball. Mr. Cooks again? Tennis. Tennis. Joel? Golf. Uh, Mr. Conlon? Basketball. Basketball. Uh, Naomi, did you have your hand up on I was just going to say basketball. Okay, we'll take Mike then. Cricket. Cricket. Well, that was a fast game, so I think we're going to have to call that a tie. And the old school bell means class is over. So the judges will be ready to tell us which is the winning team in just a moment. But right now, we're going to tell you about one-a-day brand vitamins and why your family should use them. Mothers, are you having trouble getting your children and your family to take their vitamins every day? Try giving them one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Each one-a-day brand multiple capsule contains all the vitamins for which the amount needed for grown-ups and children has been established. What's more, one capsule every day is all they take. And one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules are low in cost. A full two-month supply for only $2. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamins. Good for growing children and adults. Remember, for vitamins the easy way, for vitamins the thrifty way, the brand you want is one a day. 
Well, folks, here I am, back in my regular place, ready to give you the big news, the final scores in this battle between the quiz kids and the quiz kids' fathers. Here are the scores. Fathers, 50. Quiz kids, 100. Congratulations, quiz kids. Yes, sir, congratulations. In spite of my being a big helpless, you youngsters walked off with the top score, but after all, you've had just a little more experience at this than Dad has had. Now, you kids will each receive a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. And Dad, even though you lost, you get a fine Father's Day gift from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. It's a companion set, the Camp Cold Portable Ice Box for picnics and the Camp Cook portable stove made by the American Gas Machine Company of Albert Lee, Minnesota. Both are wonderful to take along on trips in the car, on fishing expeditions. In fact, Dad, you're all set for a fine vacation. We've even supplied the Alka-Seltzer. Inside your Camp Cold Ice Box, you'll find a big vacation-sized package of good old Alka-Seltzer. Now, as far as my Father's Day gift is concerned, having my son Joe Jr. take my place at teacher's desk certainly gave me a big thrill. Today's been a great day for all of us, and we were glad to have Dad here in our classroom. Now, next Sunday, we're calling back our winners of two weeks ago. That's Joel, Lonnie, John Galinas, Mark Mullen, competing with Rennie Templeton, age 12. At that time, the Quiz Kids program will be celebrating its eighth anniversary, and we know you listeners won't want to miss this special program. So plan to be present in school, won't you? Fine. Until next Sunday, then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing class. Goodbye, quiz kids. Goodbye, Mr. Kelly. Goodbye, Dad. Listen to quiz kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday over most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. NBC, the national broadcasting company.